Welcome to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. You're listening on EWTN Radio or St. Gabriel Radio. Beyond Damascus is carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Welcome to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Friends, I'm Aaron Richards. I'm your host for today's show and joined here in the illustrious Damascus Media Studio by my friends and brothers in Christ, Mr. Brad Piran. Yes, sir. And Dan Demite. All right, Man. it's a party. Every Man. good show. The high fives are still going. Solid high fives. <laughs> Aaron is slapping hard today, too. Those yeah. high fives, they hurt. Isn't that what the kids say? Yeah, yeah. Slapping, slapping hard. Slapping hard I actually today. have no idea if that's what they said. <laughs> Jack, is that what they say? We're pumped for today's show. It's going to be awesome. I'll speak for myself. I'm really excited for today's show. Uh, we, we've had a great summer here at Catholic Youth Summer Camp. We've had a lot of guests here on the show. If you're, if like I said, if you're new, if you're new uh, to the show, feel free to check out some of our previous um, engagements this summer. We've had a lot of awesome priests and uh, some religious who have <clears> served <throat> with us, uh, and parents who've who've been here on site with 6000 mm-hmm. kids come a lot of interesting adults as well so yeah. uh, it's been a it's been a really cool season of of uh, some interviews and some engagement with people who are on mission in the world today we wanted to sort of dive back into our core the the three of us are going to um, wax eloquent about something that's really close to our heart so mm-hmm. uh, you know as we as we kick off the show today i wanted to maybe open in prayer and um, and then we'll we'll dive in. Um, hint: We are talking about the greatest the greatest topic in the world. Ooh, teaser, mm. teaser, uh, teaser. Arguably. All right, can I call dibs on prayer? Do it. <laughs> in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord, we love you, <clears throat> we adore <throat> you, and we thank you. We uh, are so grateful that you have chosen to feed us with the bread of life. That you have chosen uh, not to give us a cheap version of yourself, but that you have given us the fullness of who you are, so that we um, could experience the fullness of your life as your mm-hmm. sons and your daughters. We pray, Lord, that you would enlighten our minds and our hearts to grow to love you more during this episode. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would convict minds, you would convict hearts, that you would stir in bodies and in um, in spirits just to to be alive livened more boldly for the sake of the gospel during this episode, that the fullness of truth would invade our minds and our hearts, and that we would fall deeper in love with Jesus. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 The Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So uh, I am often asked, uh, gentlemen, what... what, Probably daily. Maybe Mm. maybe more. Maybe Mm. No, it's super exaggerated. I don't even talk to people daily. <laughs> Probably <laughs> weekly. <laughs> what is what is the secret sauce that uh, that that makes that makes Damascus what it is? Mm-hmm. Um, that that there are there are a million summer camps in the world, uh, to be specific. And what what is <laughs> what is it that 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 allows Damascus to stand out? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I usually I usually uh, rub my rub my my chin and, and think like a philosopher and try to come up with something witty. But ultimately, we've been saying for years, the answer is so very simple, stupidly simple. Mm-hmm. The, the answer of what makes Damascus unique is the answer that Jesus established. <laughs> we haven't changed the formula. Yeah. Okay, so here at Damascus, we, we, we take young people. Um, I, I think there's some there's some steps along the way, right? We pull them out of, out of a framework of Maybe addiction to technology yeah. mm-hmm. and uh, and the the negative input that they're receiving from from television and from and from gossip and from and from all the all the stuff right all the pressures mm-hmm. of the world 
and then we put them in a place where they can have an encounter with Jesus in the sacraments, mm-hmm. right? If if there's any secret sauce, it's that it's mm-hmm. it's spirit filled uh, people in a in a sacramental environment. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, it is it's funny. The I mean, it's it's almost super simple. As long as you place young people in front of the Blessed Sacrament day after day for six days, you get transformed. You yeah. know, it's like, mm-hmm. hey, here we're welcoming you into a daily Mass experience, and we're going to help mm-hmm. the Mass come alive for you, and then we're helping to prepare your hearts to enter into Eucharistic adoration. And it's it's so neat because you have all this mm-hmm. like hype, all this hoopla, all the you know the messages, the dramas, everything that makes a faith. Um, come alive, but what time and time and time and time and time and time again, uh, all of the testimonies yeah. are about the Eucharist. Like yeah. the kids, they mm-hmm. they receive a transform. It's funny, we were driving the other day and my daughter, uh, Liliana, she's eight, she's like, Mom, I, I love listening to you give talks at camp. Do the campers on Friday during the testimonies talk about how much they love your talks? And Amber's <laughs> like, no, they don't talk about any of our talks. All they talk about is Jesus and the Eucharist because our mm-hmm. only goal is that anyone who speaks would just pave the way, you know, make ready the way for Jesus in the Eucharist. Mm-hmm. And isn't that the wisdom that the church gives us in evangelization, that when it's around the sacraments, you're all going to go back to the sacraments, right? So I think so often we can build evangelization off of a skill set or yeah. off of a gifting. And and again, those skill sets and giftings are needed in the church. I'm not saying anything um I guess, sideways about those. But whenever we allow those to actually serve the sacraments and to serve that which the young people that come to camp are going to go back to, regardless of where they go mm-hmm. to in the world, you immediately have a connection point to the church that's yeah. far more massive than yeah. a week of your summer, you know? And so, I don't know, there's a, there's obviously a wisdom in that that's been around for ages, but if we can get back to that where it's like, let's let's put Jesus at the center of everything we're doing that's the relationship that'll sustain them, right? Well, I think an evaluation is is our ministry, <clears throat> John the Baptist ministry, right? Like what 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 we do in ministry is John the Baptist. Mm-hmm. He says, "Prepare the way of the Lord." Everything pointed to Jesus. Everything mm-hmm. pointed mm-hmm. to Jesus. And if you will, the way we designed Catholic Youth Summer Camp was that everything would point to the Eucharistic Lord. Mm-hmm. And and it, if 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 everything points to Him, then all of the campers' eyes. And sometimes you go to conferences and things mm-hmm. are pointing to. To the band, they're pointing to the speaker, they're pointing to the environment. And how do you make sure that even though you want a good band, you want a good speaker, you want a good environment, those those things aren't the center. Mm-hmm. But or that those things point to the Eucharist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah those, exactly. those should be the supplements to Jesus, not Jesus the supplement to those things, right? Yeah. Because that, that can just be so tempting to do, because we're human creatures that are like entertained. And we're like, okay, if we can entertain a wide array of people, will be set. It's like, no, if we can actually bring a wide array of people into encounter with Jesus, like everything around it simply supplements that, mm-hmm. adds to it and connects to it. Yeah. So yeah, I think that is so, so uh, simple, but so true that really um, it's just a submission to yeah. what the Lord laid out for us. So the secret sauce at Damascus at Catholic Youth Summer Camp is the source and summit of Christian faith. It's as, <laughs> it's as simple as that. And, uh, and you know, following, following close on his feet, on his heels is, is devotion to Our Lady. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we've, we've dedicated some time here on the show mm-hmm. to, to reflection on Our Lady. And it was, it's funny, you know, as, an, as a ministry and as an organization, an apostolate, we, we, don't, we don't necessarily lead with those um, mm-hmm. all the time in the same way that if, if you were to ask any given person on the street, like, what's the most important, what's the most important thing in your life? 
Mm-hmm. Rarely will they say oxygen, <laughs> yeah, right, right? Yeah. Uh, or gravity, right? But but like th- those are those are kind of things that that we presume. You presuppose, and, and, yeah. and as an apostolate, uh, we just we just presume that mm-hmm. we, we live a lifestyle where that where that is the focus. Mm-hmm. So uh, if I don't know, if you're watching Beyond Damascus, you probably have never asked this. Like, where's where's the focus on the Eucharist? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Sometimes it, it's it's funny. We we do get. Um, we we do get feedback from from individuals who will see imagery of some of our our powerful moments of worship mm-hmm. or exciting activities, and they'll say, "Where's ministry? you know, where's where's Jesus in yep. this? Where's yep. where's the the Eucharistic reverence in this?" And it's mm-hmm. like, you know what? Ah, mm-hmm. uh, come and come and taste and see. Yeah, yeah. Come I was and, talking. Come and taste and see. I was talking to a missionary uh, from California with us and. I was like, hey, how'd you hear about camp? She's like, well, I, I, you know, I was on Instagram and I followed a few Catholic organizations and mm-hmm. I, it said recommended Damascus. So I clicked on you guys and she's mm-hmm. like, I've never seen an Instagram account or any social media account where the Eucharist is like posted so often. And mm-hmm. she's like, I just was like, man, it, these people love the Eucharist. I want to yeah. apply. And so she applied yeah. to be a missionary just That's because amazing. she saw the Eucharist over and over again on Instagram. And she's like, hey, this is, these people are legit. Yeah. Well, there's like a um there's a natural tendency in our hearts i think that as adults uh we need reverence without joy whereas as children a lot of times the joy is actually the sign of the reverence you know and i I was laughing the other day i went into a church and i was just sitting there for personal prayer talking to the lord and i was looking in the front and there was this um woman probably in her 60s or something like that Mm -hmm. in the front with a um with a veil like just devoutly praying the rosary. And I was drawn to that. I was like, man, that is like so powerful. Like, I wonder how many rosaries she's prayed. I wonder if she comes here regularly. Like the Lord was just letting my mind go there. And then a young mom came in with a little one and the little one just starts running around. And, (laughs) And the woman stays faithful to the rosary. She's praying just like that. The mom's like going around with the little one, like pointing at the stained glass and the, and the imagery on the walls. And the Lord was just bringing my heart to an understanding that like both of those are so beautiful and they're beautiful because in his presence, we should be reverent and joyful mm-hmm. that those don't have to be separate. They, they should be together. Now, what, what really pushed me is I felt like at one point I was like, oh man, I really want to like take my prayer time here, Lord. And I'm just watching this little one because it's so entertaining, but in like a beautiful way. Yeah. And, uh, he was just reminding me of that scripture verse, let, let ones such as these come to me, you yeah. know, that like. Man, sometimes I think in the name of reverence, we can squash people's joy. And I, I want to just watch for that because, again, to your point, Dan, like wow. whenever we're, we're seeing something online with the Eucharist, if I just saw a bunch of somber people around it, and I, I want to differentiate somber from reverent, but if I perceived it just to be a bunch of somber people around something, I would, I would think to myself, huh, I, I wonder if they love what they're unto, right? Like, yeah. it, but you can kind of tell a difference between a somberness that feels like it has to happen versus a reverence that's chosen. Yeah. And the same thing with joy. When joy comes in, it doesn't uh, devolve from reverence. It stays there. But anyway. I'm, I'm wrestling with the way you said uh, you said that earlier. I think it's, I think it's awesome that, uh, I, I forget how you phrased it, but the joy, um, mm-hmm. the joy is... Uh, yeah, for a young person, joy is actually the mark of the reverence. The mark of reverence. And, and I'm thinking about my kids, right? Mm-hmm. That, you know, how do you, how do you describe reverence? Um, it's like it's a devotion. It's mm-hmm. a it's a focus. Yeah. And, right. And when I when I see my kids devoted or focused to something that's meaningful and important, mm-hmm. like yeah, it is. It is often 
Yeah, there's something about the joy that comes from them. Accompanied, and I don't know. Accompanied I, by joy. Yeah, I feel like we have to learn something from that. And, and I, I think we and, and and oftentimes we sorry to cut you off. No, 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 oftentimes no, no. we we will uh we'll we'll try to stifle that in order to create some sort of a um I don't know, uh, an in my image expression of what it means to be devoted to something or what it means to be reverent to something. Dan, you and I were talking the other day about about the idea that in our in our faith journey, especially as fathers leading our children, like we have to intentionally teach them what it means to have a relationship with the Lord where you're actually fostering affection. Yep. Right? Hmm. Yep. Where where you're where you're um intentionally like loving yeah. God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was, I was talking to my kids because I was like, the, I see you at mass and I don't see your hearts activated. And, and, you know, like just talking like, so we sat down and we talked about, yeah, how do you have affection towards, and, you know, if, if reverence, if our idea of quote reverence lacks affection or love, then, um, then it probably is, I don't know, it, it's, is is it authentic, right? That my my heart should be drawn into this reality mm-hmm. of the Eucharist or the reality of the Mass, and that when my heart is drawn into that which I love, mm-hmm. joy should should come. Yeah. Um, and so, mm-hmm. like that's that's you don't see people not smiling at a wedding, right? <laughs> yeah. And the, the 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 Eucharist and the Mass it's supposed to be a wedding feast, not a funeral, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And so if if our common experience if if or and you see this unfortunately a lot with Catholic schools, it's like mm-hmm. the kids are marched into the Catholic Church as if like they're soldiers forced to sit down and they're just told to be quiet, be quiet, mm-hmm, be quiet, mm-hmm. as opposed to like Enter into prayer, like mm-hmm. love the Lord. Like there, mm-hmm. the, the, the reverence is not simply be quiet. Reverence mm-hmm. is I, I've encountered the power of the Almighty God, and out mm-hmm. of fear and wonder and awe, I fall to my knees and I mm-hmm. and I adore. Yeah. And and so, how do we form young people to to have authentic reverence mm-hmm. that's drawn yeah. into the mystery, as opposed to the behavior of what we call reverence, which is sit down, shut up, and mm-hmm. and and behave? Can you two speak a little bit more to this? So as, as five others that you have a perspective on this that I, I don't yet have, but um, I love what you're saying about affection. I, I feel like in the faith, it's probably fair to say that reverence for the sake of reverence is good, but reverence in affection is great. And sometimes the good can become the enemy to the great, I think. And so I wonder like, what, how do you, how do you, um, I guess, like, how do you teach your children? Like, Hey, reverence means that we do operate in the church differently than we operate at a theme park. Maybe, I don't know. I'm trying to make a a distinction there, but it doesn't mean that you have to get rid of all of the excitement that you would have at a theme park. It's just like, I I guess there seems to be nuance there. And I wonder like how you teach that, or maybe you just let it go. And I was, I was thinking as Dan was, was speaking that we could probably dedicate a whole show to this. Maybe, maybe maybe many shows. (laughs) Uh, But I think the, the secret to me is modeling. Like, I've I've got to make sure that I'm not just, uh, you know, zoned out, mm. sitting silently at mass. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. because that can be a temptation, right? Mm-hmm. That, that mm-hmm. my my whole world is filled with noise. So mm-hmm. oftentimes I'll find myself when I when I go up to the adoration chapel that I'm I'm not actually I'm not actually in a place of adoration right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. I'm just in a place mm-hmm. of escape. Yep. Because I need that. Because like, I need quiet. So <laughs> yeah. uh, maybe that's just me. I don't know. <laughs> but 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 my kids don't necessarily operate in that same way mm-hmm. right so it, it's it's right. asking myself okay i need i need to take a i need to take an assessment right now of, of my own heart and mm-hmm. ask myself okay how am i how am i modeling worship how am i modeling joy how am i modeling mm-hmm. devotion and and inviting them into that 
and and for me, uh, it's it's a it's a regular reassessment. Hmm. I mean, I think I've shared it on the show before, but I've got a reminder set on my phone to to reassess your prayer discipline. It, it actually triggered this morning. Um, hmm. Every every two weeks, yeah. I look at my prayer and I ask, "Is what I'm doing working?" Mm-hmm. And 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 when I ask that question regarding mm-hmm. how I how I lead my kids as well, what it results in is mm-hmm. is pretty frequent shift of how we of how we lead our our prayer mm-hmm. time. Yeah, mm-hmm. can you define working? So you said like, is yeah, it working? Uh, it I don't know. Is is uh is 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 it bearing fruit in my yeah, life? Sure. Right. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. um and and I would I would assess that uh in is it is it bearing fruit in my ministry? Mm-hmm. Is it bearing fruit mm-hmm. in my family? That's good. Um, yeah. Is it bringing peace, right? Mm-hmm. So many. I don't. I, once again, I'll, I'll reveal my own weakness here. I'm sure it's a it's a human trait, but oftentimes when I build a routine, I'll tend toward the simplest way of accomplishing that thing, mm-hmm. right? So I, I'll I'll have a I'll have a deep conviction that I want to start engaging in the liturgy of the hours in my prayer, mm-hmm. and over the course of two or three weeks, I will. Uh, subconsciously develop the most efficient means by which I can pray the liturgy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. At first, I was chanting in my mind, and then I started just reading through it, and then now reading through it quickly. And, and, Pumped it out, and, and now it's the app, and now the app's on two X yeah, yeah, speed, yeah, 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 yeah. right? So th- there, there comes a point where, like, I, I just need to, I need to ask myself, okay, yeah, that's this right. thing that was, this thing that was a deep movement of my heart, have I now neutralized mm-hmm. it to the mm-hmm. point where it's no longer mm-hmm. even? And, and certainly, mm-hmm. prayer is always effective, of course, right? yeah. Uh, so I, I don't mean to say that, mm-hmm. that if you're, if you're praying the liturgy as a discipline, like that, that's a bad deal. It's certainly mm-hmm. not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but, but we're human beings. Yeah. I love that. I think the, to answer the question on kind of how do you foster affection with kids? I, I, it, it's really hard to have a relationship with Jesus because he's invisible, you know? And mm-hmm. so like the Eucharist mm-hmm. is so such a benefit and a gift to us because he does come mm-hmm. in a incarnational reality so I can have a relationship with him. But a it's very easy to be affectionate with a kid to be affectionate with their mother or their father because I can physically give them a hug and mm-hmm. I can physically experience their hug and we are body mm-hmm. and soul and mm-hmm. so because we're body and soul those and those are so integrated yeah. the way I experience relationality is both mm-hmm. physical and e- emotional and spiritual mm-hmm. and so trying to help remind them of okay like this is it's all about relationality and in relationship mm-hmm. I have to do something to show affection right yeah. affection is a it's a a turning of the heart and a physical response. And wow. so, mm-hmm. you know, Giovanni, mm-hmm. if your if your arms are crossed like this, mm-hmm. I I don't see that you're ready for an, an affectionate relationship because your arms are communicating to me that mm-hmm. your heart is also closed off or, um, you know, and so <laughs> if, and I, like when one of the little ones like tries to start talking to me, just a simple way of like, hey, I want to hear what you're saying, but I'm actually here right now to listen to Jesus. And so mm-hmm. like to remind them, like mm-hmm. the reason I'm a mass is to invest in my relationship with Jesus. And we'll invest in our relationship later, but you're here in this time to invest in this relationship with Jesus too. And the... Mm-hmm. To, to understand that it's all, that it, it is relationality in my relationship. And I love that the young church especially is so hungry mm-hmm. for physical representations of yeah. reverence and affection. I was, mm-hmm. We had, we have a few guests, uh, dads that are here this week, and they were just like, 
Um, they went to mass yesterday and they're like, I can't believe how many kids were receiving on their knees, like receiving the Eucharist on their mm-hmm. knees. And, and they're like, do you tell them to do that? And it's like, no, we yeah. just like, but we give freedom and permission. And mm-hmm. when you see some people, the like missionaries receive on their knees, the, the campers are like, oh, wow, yeah. I get to, I get to do this. Like yeah, that's they, a possibility it's as for if me. they want to. And, but like, we haven't modeled a reverence for them. And, mm-hmm. but when you know that Jesus is Lord, there's something that when, if I know that this is God, my mm-hmm. body just naturally responds to the mm-hmm. reality of who this person yeah. is. I love how that ties into the Eucharist too, because what you're saying there, I'd never thought about it like that. But actually in growing up, we're in um, we're given as a gift parents and siblings, and they give us physical affection, which allows us to trust the emotional or the spiritual affection. In, in the spiritual life, it's actually then that emotional and spiritual affection that lets me trust the physical affection of the Eucharist. Do you see how that kind of goes? So yeah. like, I, I like, that's why it's so important to be a mother and a father who's present, who plays with their kids, who prays with their kids, who loves their kids. Like, be, because like the parents are giving that physical affection that then allows the young person to know, oh, wait, like they emotionally love me, right? Like spiritually, they're taking care of me. Like it allows me to trust that side. And when I'm given physical affection that allows me to trust the emotional and spiritual, I can then take the emotional and spiritual and trust the physical on the other side, which leads to the Eucharist. Well, and it's why the the Catholic Church is is losing its young generation because mm-hmm. a young person has a hard time with conceptual thoughts. We don't mm-hmm. teach mm-hmm. fifth graders philosophy for a reason. Their their minds aren't ready, if you will, for for deep conceptual thoughts. Mm-hmm. What they what they understand is is physical reality mm-hmm. more right. Mm-hmm. And so the the need and when in the seventies and eighties when the church decided to get rid mm-hmm. of all of our physical realities. They're like, let's whitewash our churches. Yeah. Let's get rid of our statues. Wow. Let's get, do away with the mm-hmm. incense. Mm-hmm. Uh, the young people no longer, the young people. yeah, they no longer had something mm. to hold on to. Mm. So uh, if the mm. physical realities aren't communicating, this is holy. This is mm. this is uh, this is uh, uh, divine. This is a mystery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then they're like, well, this is boring. But like, mm. and it's not that they don't love Jesus or don't care. It's that they don't understand because the way they go to understanding yeah, not is being through the physical realities. That's and amazing. so that's. The, the Eucharist is so important in a middle school and high school ministry because yeah. a middle schooler in their adolescent formation needs something tangible to see. Same reason we invite religious orders that wear habits to camp, right? Because the the young person, it's 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 it would be nice to have a bunch of forty five year old women on camp that are holy, right? But it's even better to have forty five year old women on camp who are wearing a habit because the young person can see this forty five year old woman and automatically see something divine. Like, whoa, you chose a path. Mm-hmm. The habit is critical for the young person's formation of what it looks like to give your life completely to God. You're listening to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Beyond Damascus is aired on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network and right here in Central Ohio on St. Gabriel Radio. You can listen to the whole version of today's show at www.ewtn.com slash radio slash podcasts. Or check us out on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. We'll be right back with this episode after a short break. EWTN, communicating the faith. 
First, I want to say thank you for your ministry. It keeps me going every day. You're helping a lot of people, yeah. And God bless y'all. Keep up the righteous work. Well, we love your program. I love EWT and I love it all. Thank you for that comment and thank all of your callers 100% every day. Oh, thank you so much and thank you for all that you do. I listen to you guys all the time and I love EWTN. The most original and exclusive Catholic content is on EWTN Radio. I don't like looking back. I prefer to look forward and keep moving forward. There's plenty to cover. I do a lot of research and try to dig out the bits and pieces of a life or of an agenda that people don't want to talk about. The World Over with Raymond Arroyo. Tonight, 10 Eastern on EWTN Radio. Welcome back to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Beyond Damascus is aired on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network and right here in Central Ohio on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. Our, our theme this year, we always try to adopt a, a Latin theme, is, is Fons et Coleman, which, which, which is source and summit, right? Mm-hmm. The catechism speaks in paragraph 13, 24 to 27. You just have that, that memorized. I I, yeah. have, I do have some notes. Aaron <laughs> just like spits out catechism <laughs> references all the time. Uh, that the <laughs> the Eucharist is the source and summit of Christian faith, mm-hmm. right? The source and summit of Christian life, mm-hmm. and uh, and that that's that's a worthy reflection for us, mm-hmm. right? So our our entire week kind of focuses around that, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. our thought our thought in preparation for the for the show was uh, that. Today we might invite you, our listeners, on a journey of um, engaging with us and, and walking through some of the testimony and some of the experience that we've seen over the years and even just this year mm-hmm. at Catholic Youth Summer Camp as we dive in. So uh, as, as we speak about the, the source and summit of Christian life, um, those words are so rich. Yeah. And uh, Brad, I know you're a big word guy. Big word guy. Big word guy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, you know, even when you, when you talk about... Um, the fawns, right? The 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 like a, a natural spring or a fountain. Mm-hmm. We see in the Old Testament there's there's imagery of of the Lord providing uh the Lord providing life from a rock. Mm-hmm. Right? That mm-hmm. that it's it's when it's when the Lord brings us into this place of realizing that hey from from this simplest thing, I'm going mm-hmm. to give you the most profound thing. That's right. Yeah. The source the source piece is important, right? Because um well actually as you were saying that the first thing that came to mind is that we have a world divided right now. And when the world is arguing, you'll often see the other side tell the other side to check your sources. Mm. You know, like, yeah. where are you getting that from? Like, that sounds really good. Or are you playing some kind of trick on me? Right? Like, are you just using good rhetoric or are you providing a fallacy that's confusing me? Whatever. You know, I'm or not going to Whoever has into, the right source has the right answer. That's exactly right. If you can actually go to the source and say, this is actually where that comes from. Hmm. And that's the gift of the simplicity of our faith. Yeah. is that if I'm actually using Jesus as the source, that is an indisputable argument, yeah. right? Because that's what we've been given in the, the word of God, in the tradition of the church. If I'm, if I'm under the aegis of that logos, again, like not, but, wow, but let's get, really we can like, yeah, we can get, <laughs> we can get rid of all the fancy words. Ultimately what I'm saying is like, I, I think that is something important in the church for us to do is to check our sources. Like, like what is my disposition towards the faith coming from? And if That's the sweet. answer is something but Jesus, then it's a reassessment. But again, source, we look in the Old Testament, it comes from like, you can find water from a rock. You can find bread 
literally falling from the sky. Like the Lord provides sources in the most unexpected ways. Well, I but, think even checking our ministries where in our parishes, what's the, what's the source of our parish mm-hmm, life? Mm-hmm. And if, if, you know, there's, it's important to have lots of parish ministries to engage people. But if, if the source of all parish activity isn't coming out of devotion to the Eucharist, mm-hmm. you, you're now off, yeah. right? And so it has to, like, the parish was was designed to be the house of God a, uh, around, mm-hmm. that encamps mm-hmm. around the Blessed Sacrament. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so there's something valuable about when COVID happened, all the ministries had to stop except for the Mass, right? Mm-hmm. And sadly, sometimes the <laughs> the churches mm-hmm. were closed, but this idea that the... That, um, the it, nothing else matters if if we're not aligned with yeah. the right source. Important to say too, devotion to Jesus and devotion to the Eucharist are undifferentiated, right? Like yes, that's that's awesome. It's just important because we, as Catholics, we we need that, right? Yeah. Just sometimes that reminder that like, hey, I, I love Jesus, which means I love the Eucharist, or I love the Eucharist, which means I love Jesus. One, just, of, the, one of the challenges that I offered to our campers that I would I would offer to our our listeners as well is. Um, Certainly not a theological necessity, but oftentimes in our language, even we talk about Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament or Jesus mm-hmm. in the Eucharist, mm-hmm. which sort of implies uh, a, a hierarchy of of presence, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And um, I, I challenged. I guess I, it was only just one week. The, the The passion struck me, but when when you say in, um, question question your assumptions. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. instead of instead of saying Jesus in the Eucharist. Just say Jesus the Eucharist. Yeah. Jesus, Jesus the Blessed Sacrament. Jesus, comma the Eucharist. Well, our, Mary, our grotto right out this window is Mary, Mother of the Eucharist, yeah. and it's like and she and she's holding Jesus, and it's just yeah, like it's yeah, so Mary, Mother of Jesus. And so, mm-hmm. since you're Mary, Mother of Jesus, you're Mary, Mother of the Eucharist, not yeah. Mary, Mother of Jesus in the Eucharist. Well, that's how they got the Theotokos too, right? Like yeah. Mary's the Mother of Jesus, and Jesus is God. She's the mother of God, yep. right? Like it's yep. the same type of. So uh, source source is is good. Um, that was a sweet reflection, actually, Brad. I, I didn't go there at all with my with my teaching this summer, but the sure. uh, I think it's it's even cultural as well, right? That mm. that so many of our um, I I challenge the kids. You know, uh, we're speaking to a, a millennial population here on the show mm-hmm. as well. That uh, you know, many of us grew up in the in the Harry Potter generation. If your yeah. if your parents allowed you to read and watch <laughs> those uh, those movies. Probably get some hate mail for that. Um, the <laughs> oh, you know, I can't wait. The idea of of I mean, name name a young adult uh, novel or story or mm-hmm. or Disney Channel made for made for Disney television series, right? That it's about discovering the fact that I am, I'm greater than I thought I was, mm. right? Yeah. That I discovered on my 11th birthday that I'm a wizard. <laughs> fancy, fancy that. I've always wondered why the Thunderbolt scar was on my forearm. <laughs> or uh, it, it's, it's so funny. My, my kids love watching these, uh, these Disney Channel movies. And, um, it, you know, pro- probably good 80% of them are like, the kid wakes up one day and realizes that she's a princess. <laughs> I never knew I was royalty, yeah. right? Or that, or that I've got a superpower or, or some mm-hmm. combination of the mm-hmm. two. So it, it's it's about discovering that 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 I'm I'm something more than what I thought, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and we discover that in light of understanding where we come from. If you discover your your source, you discover your destiny, mm-hmm. and uh, and mm-hmm. and as the church mm-hmm. offers us the Eucharist, Jesus as mm-hmm. our source, that reveals to us our destiny. Yeah, that if I can embrace that reality, I can actually step into a lifestyle where I'm I'm capable of living in in a way that's more magnificent, that's more mm. grand than what I ever thought it was, mm. was possible. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, I was thinking about like, um, 
<laughs> why this came to mind, I don't know. Maybe it's because I saw that August 1st is National Hike a Mountain Day or something like Maybe that. There. Or Climb a Mountain. I don't, do you and hike my, or climb a mountain? Can birthday. you do both? <laughs> yeah, and your birthday, yeah. Um, it's a but, great birthday. Uh, yeah. So I- anyway, what I'm saying uh, in that is what was drawn to my mind as you were saying that, Aaron, is when I stand at the, the base of Mount Everest, two things happen if I'm going to try to climb to the summit. Wonder and awe. Yeah. Right. Like that's what happens in fear, like a whole, like a holy fear. Like I, again, I would say holy in holistic terms, not like yeah. set apart, but like, yeah, I'm like, well, this is intimidating because it's way bigger than me, Yeah, but it's also super exciting. It's so adventurous. I have no idea what lies ahead. It's actually taking our place at the source that we recognize the beauty of the summit. Right. Yeah. Like, and I think in the Christian life, same way, like what you're saying, it's like, yeah, like, of course, it, when I understand the source, like where I'm coming from, I know where I'm going to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, and when, we, when we embrace Jesus as the source of our life, the Eucharist as the source of our life, then we're invited into a, into a place where we can see the, the summit of Christian faith, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, it, once again, just this practical analogy that as, as you climb toward the summit, what, what begins to fade away is distraction. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, you know, if you've ever done any, any hiking, and I, I know both of you guys have, mm-hmm. that when, when you're at the base of a mountain, there, there are limitless millions of, of paths that you could take mm-hmm. around a mountain, mm-hmm. right? But, but as, you, as you get closer toward the top, um, your, your paths become more limited, mm. right? Mm-hmm. I, I, was, I was actually, I did some, I did some research for, mm-hmm. for my session this summer on Mount Everest, yeah. that, you know, at the base of Mount Everest, which is, which is, massive the the mm-hmm. the circumference of the base of mount everest is hundreds and hundreds of miles if you wow. tried to drive around it <laughs> wow. uh but but as you get closer to the peak of mount everest there comes a point after which there is only one way up hmm. so like you hmm. could choose another path but you will die right? <laughs> <laughs> there, there, Prove there's, it. there's only there's only one there's only one legitimate path toward the peak of mount everest so at a certain point as i approach the summit mm-hmm the distractions in my life fall away. Yeah, there's a single way. So, uh, and I just, I, I love that. As, as we unite ourselves more closely to, to Jesus, the Eucharist, that as, mm. as, we, as we declare him and make him the summit of our, of our life, mm. not just the Christian faith, the Catholic church, mm. that all of a sudden those things that are, that are distracting in my life, that, that maybe when I'm, when I'm far from him, mm-hmm. I have to work really hard. I, I have yeah. to work really hard to make sure that I'm not, that I'm not distracted by, you know, all the, all the stuff um, by 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 media by by music by yeah. uh, by my busyness of my schedule. But as I become closer to him, mm-hmm. all of a sudden those things that were distractions, they're left behind. Yeah. Well, so it's yeah. as if relativism and pluralism is a farce. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, there are not many ways. I've heard you say farce. I think yes, one right. time in my life. <laughs> I, I gotta use the word yeah. farce more often. Actually, or, or maybe their <laughs> life is a farce. The, the coexist bumper sticker perhaps is misleading because there is only one way, yeah. one truth, and Gosh, one life. Yeah. Well, there's many ways to. It might be true to say there's many ways to discern the world, but only one correct way at the end. Right. Cause I've been thinking about that in the context of my life. So if Jesus is the way, the truth and the life, think about your life that like, there's a lot of things I can devote my attention to now, but when I'm on my deathbed, mm. there becomes far less things to think yeah. about. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like it's just true. Like I, maybe that's the way the Lord designed it on purpose. I'm sure there is there. I've never thought about it like that, but at the twilight of my life, there's love. Like love for those who have loved me, love for those that I've tried to love to the best of my ability and love for the Lord. Yeah. Like at the, at the end of my life, there's 
far less paths to take, let's say. At the end of truth, there's far less paths to take. We can have all kinds of amazing discussions at this level. But as you drill down, you get to where there's there's not really much wiggle room here, right? Yep. And I think the same thing, obviously, with the way, which goes into the source and summit piece. So anyway, yep. I, I do think it's interesting because I, I think there are like plenty of ways I could discern the world outside of the Lord right now. And I would be eventually wrong because I would be discerning the world through a different lenses. And we see this all over the world. You'll, you'll have people that discern the life through the lens of reincarnation, like a lot of things, right? But then at the very end, there's... There's one. And yeah. even I'm sure on Mount Everest, if you take a, a wacky route right off the bat, you set yourself up for significant failure. Exactly. So again, <laughs> I'm not even it's not it's not permission to, but I, I guess what I'm trying to say is the Lord, if we stay to him, brings us eventually to the one, right? Yeah. Like that I could be in a misunderstanding of some aspect of the faith, but still believe all the other things. And if I just keep ascending and stay in the tradition and stay in this in, in the word of God. Well, that's why the Eucharist is the us. source of unity in the church, right? Because if 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 I'm if I am climbing huh. to the summit and there's only truly one way, then the the falsehoods, even in our own doctrines and dogmas, mm-hmm. they they have to at some point align. There's one there's one truth yeah. at the end of the day, and so we, that's why hmm. we have one creed, right? You can't, yes. and, and yes. it's the yes. as awesome uh, the as our Protestant brothers and sisters are, and as much as we have to learn from them, they are they're ascending the mountain of the Lord from the many commonalities we have at the mm-hmm. base but mm-hmm. as you get to the top there's you've yeah. got to start you have to start fine tuned and you really have to be fine tuned by him yeah, right he's amazing. the one who reveals the the truth up there at the top the what are you path. saying the eucharist is the unifying it's the no, we, the catechism i don't have the references cuz i don't memorize catechism references i apologize <laughs> give, it, give it a shot but, uh, you know. <laughs> the, 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 the eucharist is, is is the source of unity in, in the catholic Man, faith i'm sure so, i've read that before it's, but it's just it's, it's why it's called it. communion Right, communion is yeah. like we're under, we're with it's one common union. unity. Yeah, it's yeah. common so unity. Yeah. It's uh, it is the source of unity. And hmm. so wherever the um, it, it's interesting because wherever you have disunity in the faith, you also don't have a devotion to the Eucharist. You you yeah. don't see a, a church that uh, and a priest who's like uh, preaching hmm. heresy also fostering Eucharistic devotion. Why? That's because you can't have <laughs> Eucharistic devotion and disunity at the same time. When there's Eucharistic devotion, there's unity. Actually, I, mm-hmm, I question that, because there is the... the we need to see ourselves in... It's just interesting what's happening right now with the Latin mass trend and the all of the conversations around that. of ha- Because this is a community that's so devoted to the Eucharist and mm-hmm. so devoted to... Um, encamping around Eucharistic devotion, mm-hmm. and yet we're called. There's there's a source of disunity happening right now in the church mm-hmm. around it, and I wonder how do we help that not become a an element where it becomes a disunifier, mm-hmm. um, but a unifier. Yeah. That's really that'd be that'd be a fun topic. To that'd be yeah. a fun yeah. topic. We should we should bring in uh, yeah uh, someone who's passionately Passionate. walking down that yeah. path. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I, I always um, default to our, our friend who was with us a while ago. And if you haven't listened to that episode, I'd encourage you to. When any Hickman was here, yeah. Yeah. He, he kept drilling in orthodoxy and orthopraxy. And it just it, it's just stayed with me that I, I do think where we fundamentally find ourselves sometimes is that we choose one over the other, where right understanding is end all be all. Right. And I, I think that our, our more traditional friends can sometimes go there where it's just right understanding all practice will flow from perfect understanding. Yeah. And then you'll have the other side that's like, well, perfect practice will lead to perfect understanding. Well, 
No, not exactly. That like, actually, as I'm understanding, I'm acting it out. And as I'm acting it out, yeah. I'm understanding. Right. Yeah. And that's kind of what the ascent looks like. Yeah. So I, I do think there's something to that. But again, that's probably a whole episode. Well, jumping back to a, to a little bit of a wider, wider scope. I mean, in the, in the Protestant Reformation, right, you see a, you see a distinct break from, from Eucharistic centeredness, from Eucharistic yeah. theology. Mm-hmm. And, and that rift has, has, has just continued to escalate over the course of 500 years. A quick side, what, what's really what's really funny right now, um, the Lord works in mysterious ways, and, and we'll look back in retrospect and see mm-hmm. what, what he's about right now, but many different Catholic churches, the Catholic church and mm-hmm. many different non-Catholic churches right now are calling for a worldwide time of Eucharistic revival. Um, they mm-hmm. don't use that term. Mm-hmm. The Catholic church does. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we've mm-hmm. dedicated the next two years to a time of Eucharistic yeah, revival in the Catholic Church, Spirit. but what what may not be known to many of our of our Catholic listeners is that uh, a, a good number of non Catholic churches are pursuing a, a similar communion revival right now. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're using literally using the words communion, communion revival. Yeah, and it's it's funny because they uh, it. Those those um, Protestant brothers and sisters who have a devotion to communion, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, their their teachings are are more Catholic than other. You know, mm-hmm. like you often mm-hmm. find, like wow, there's quite a bit of alignment, and they're just mm-hmm. it, it is as if they're getting more and more to the summit, and they're like, well, yeah. this is there's something here. The about, distractions are falling away. Yeah, yeah the distractions are falling. Well, away. that's I, that's funny. I've been reflecting on this recently because I I just like have all kinds of amazing Protestant brothers and sisters that that love Jesus. And what I've been recognizing more and more is that the Protestant Reformation, I, I think there's there's probably a variety of things that great theologians could tell you uh, are wrong about it. But for me, it's that we started putting sola where there should have been prima, because there's only one sola. So sola being like like single, right? Like only. Um, it's only Jesus mm-hmm. who we know is the Eucharistic Lord. That's the only sola. Prima being primary, <laughs> right? So it's 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 not it's not like the word of God alone. It's not faith alone. It's not grace alone. It's primary. It's grace primary. It's faith primary. It's the word of God primary, but the sola is Jesus who we know is the Eucharistic Lord. And that like, that's why I was getting so into what you were saying about the Eucharist. Like, cause I'm sure I've read it before, but that does, it brings us together. It It does because it is the, if we make that the sola Jesus, not the way I like um, the mass to look, not the songs I like being saying it mass. Like, Again, I, I know I'm getting in waters where there's probably a bunch of people that would push back, but I, I do think that primarily, whenever we get away from the both and, which is pr- primary language, and get to only language, we're wrong unless it's only Jesus, yeah. right? And so I, I do think that there is something there, but that's really powerful, right? That Jesus, as the Eucharistic Lord, is is drawing us back to himself. Of course, that's why there's going to be a revival of communion, is because it's like, I want to get people back to. He had a plan. Yeah, he had a plan. That's yep. yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. We, we we talk about uh, frequently that we see in the. Uh, I've used this imagery with the charismatic renewal, right? That that the the Lord, in His wisdom, has a better plan than what we've got yeah. in mind. Yeah, yeah. And and we see, you know, it would it would make sense and it would fit into a nice little neat box if when we prayed for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, if God gave it mm-hmm. like handed it to the Pope, who handed it to the Bishop, who handed it to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. But that seems to be not the way 
He's, yeah, he's that's right. doing it these yeah. days. And I guess one clarifier earlier too, because it's just sticking in my head. When I said it's not the word of God alone, if we're saying the word of God is Jesus incarnate, then it is. Now, Brad, I'm you, saying just, you, just got, you just got canceled. So, Brad, 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 I just got canceled. I knew perfect, I'd get canceled. I knew yeah. I'd get canceled or labeled a heretic. I just wanted to make sure I'm not a heretic. I meant <laughs> just, just actually the pages of the Bible alone, right? Okay, so. We got a lot of post-production work here, guys. <laughs> clean it up. Clean it up. You're listening to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Beyond Damascus is aired on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network and right here in Central Ohio on St. Gabriel Radio. You can listen to the whole version of today's show at www.ewtn.com slash radio slash podcasts. Or check us out on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. We'll be right back with this episode after a short break. He was a 10th century saint, priest, mystic, and doctor of the church, honored as the first poet of Armenia. Matthew Bunsen and the doctors of the church. Gregory of Narek is revered by Armenians as a watchful angel in human form. His masterwork, the Book of Lamentations, was intended to be his last testament, an encyclopedia of prayer for all nations. He was named a doctor of the church in 2015. For more about the doctors of the church, visit doctorsofthechurch.com. By providing quality programming faithful to the teachings of the Catholic Church, EWTN is television that viewers can trust. Whether it's films, documentaries, news coverage, lively discussion shows, or kids' programs, we highlight the truth that is the eternal word. For a complete schedule of EWTN television programs, visit EWTN.com and click TV. EWTN, the Global Catholic Network. Welcome back to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Beyond Damascus is aired on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network and right here in Central Ohio on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. So, uh, it, you know, one of the one of the statements that I make in in that I made in the teaching on our, our, our opening day of summer camp this year was that we we could, I mean, we could we could spend our entire life, many lifetimes, uh, looking at the theology of. The Eucharist, right? There, there have been more books written on the theology of the Eucharist than we could ever hope to read. And and Thomas Aquinas wrote them all in his lifetime. Many of them, <laughs> most of them. But, uh, How did he write uh, so fast? He didn't. He didn't. It, it? it was miraculous. He would walk around the room oh gosh, and scribe five books at one time to five different scribes. So he would walk, tell oh. this one what to write, and this <laughs> what? one what. The, 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 if you compile all of I don't his, think I knew that. If you compile all of St. Thomas Aquinas' writings into, like, together, it's impossible for one person to accomplish that many writings in one lifetime. So it was a supernatural gift of, of, uh, of academia. Theology. Yeah, <laughs> it's insane. Thomas Aquinas is the best. He's such a monster. Oh, man. Uh, another quick aside. One of, the, one of the beautiful moments this year, Joseph uh, Schleter and I sat down to uh, seek the Lord and ask, you know, is there is there a song God that you want to give to our community this summer to express our our heart for this for this theme of the Source and Summit? And we opened up the uh, Pange Lingua, which is Saint Thomas's um, Saint Thomas's uh, I don't know poetic song that he wrote for the for the original Corpus Christi celebration when when Corpus Christi was introduced into the Church, the Feast of the Body of Christ, mm-hmm. and. Uh, so we've we've put together this this song that it's it's just it's beautiful to see hundreds of middle school kids yeah. singing the words of 
St. Thomas's Pange Lingua, which yeah. is one of my favorite prayers of all time. And a contemporary yes. melody where they're like, this is the best ever. And yes. Like, yes. Yeah. Yes. It my, is my the little, best ever. Yeah. My little four-year-old sings sings the Pange Lingua when she goes to bed at night. It's like, oh <laughs> it's gosh, amazing. Well, and there on is, earth. Yeah. Wow. What a gift. Body yes. There's something, well, there's something like, and again, even that, like the things that we're even saying in this podcast, right? They've been said before. That's yeah. why the Source and Summit is so important is that it's just a constant returning to. Mm-hmm. It's a constant returning yeah. to what the church has long known. And it's a constant pursuit of what the church is long pursued. Yeah. Well, so so here's here's where where um, I, I'm hoping we can maybe end uh, end the show today. So my my first session of of Catholic Youth Summer Camp this summer. Again, we, I invite the kids into this reflection, and we could we could talk we could talk for hours. In fact, we we planned to talk about a lot more content than we mm-hmm. actually got to today. Uh, <laughs> Will there be a part two? Maybe, maybe. Maybe. Who knows about about the Eucharist? But. Um, if if we're gonna if we're gonna leave with one thing, it should be just like understanding that that when Jesus presents this topic, he presents it in a way that it requires of us a choice, hmm. right? A lot of times we talk on on this show, and we've talked here at Damascus. Uh, kind of one of the guiding principles of our ministry is this understanding that the church is in crisis right now, right? That that we we talk about the the fact that. Within ten years of confirmation, five out of six kids will have left the practice of their Catholic faith. Like that's that's miserable. Um, and those that do stay engaged, right? Uh, this was this was one of the most um, depressing statistics that I've that I've found in recent years. But those who are regular church going Catholics, like who sit in the pews every Sunday, who come back day in day out, um, of those who are there in attendance, only thirty one percent indicate that they actually believe that Jesus is present in the Eucharist. Mm. So 31% of the people who are sitting next to you at mass actually believe what it is that the source and summit brings to our, to our life. Mm-hmm. Certainly there's a billion different ways of interpreting those statistics, but sure. I think for me, that's significant, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Brad, you talked about the way, the truth and the life, right? That, mm-hmm. that, that we're walking through this life in such a way that like we are lost and we are lied to and the enemy is is seeking us out for our destruction. Mm-hmm. And there is only one path, and there is only one truth, mm-hmm. and there is only one cure, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And that path and that truth and that cure is Jesus, the Eucharist, the yeah. Blessed Sacrament. Mm-hmm. And even among Catholics, only 31% have actually received that. Uh, so, I, I mean... Gosh, I, I I I hope that our mission as an organization, as a, as an apostolate, mm-hmm. could be to bring people into that place. Um, yeah. And I, I wanted to close with just a, a scriptural reflection. You know, where's the 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 primo verse for for Catholics as we want to hang our hat on? Of course, it's in John chapter six, right? And um, when we reflect on John chapter six, uh, the the bread of life discourse, like there's a lot of good stuff happening there, mm-hmm. and. As I was as I was seeking the Lord's heart for for teaching this summer, um, He led me first to John fifteen, um, John fifteen one, which is where He speaks of I am the I am the vine and you are the branches, right? Mm-hmm. And you remember you remember the 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 phrase that He uses that that the um, the worker of the vineyard goes and those branches that don't bear fruit He throws into the fire He burns mm-hmm. He cuts away. But those that do bear fruit, he prunes so that they might bear greater fruit. So uh, here's 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 the little scriptural um, scriptural invitation. When we look at John six, we see one of the most 
profoundly fruitful chapters, I think, in, in all of the Gospels. You remember where John 6 starts? It's one of my favorite stories. It's the feeding of the 5,000, right? Mm-hmm. Where we see this, this, this beautiful, dramatic scene where Jesus is, is ministering to, uh, to people who, who are, you know, many are his disciples who have, who have followed him, who have healed in his name, who have, uh, who have preached and, and, and seen and, and cast out demons, right? Um, many, probably most, would just be individuals who, who got drawn up in the crowd and brought into the, the fun and the excitement. And, and as John 6 develops, we see, uh, see 5,000 who are met and, and who are fed. And what happens is they're, they're on fire and they, they stick around and like, this is a ministry that's bearing fruit. Mm-hmm. That night, Jesus goes and he decides to take his prayer walk on the lake of Capernaum, right? And and once again, it's this it's this like supernatural encounter where people are where people are are, are excited and are on fire. Mm-hmm. And once again, it's this place of like of fruitfulness. Mm-hmm. And and then the following day, those people stay and they're ready. And I imagine the crowds even beginning to swell further and further. But what happens in John six is is Jesus takes the tree that's bearing fruit and he brings the pruning saw. Yeah. And uh, I suggest to our campers and I want to suggest to our listeners today that, that the Eucharist, the source and summit of Christian life is, is not just our promise, but it's, it's the pruning saw that the Lord will bring you through a place of Eucharistic encounter to, a, to an understanding that a life that bears fruit needs to be pruned through a relationship with the Eucharist so that it might bear more. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you guys, I, know, I know both of you guys have preached on this in the past, but you see in John six, three times um, the crowd questions Jesus's teaching, and three times he he doesn't he doesn't explain it away. He doesn't make mm-hmm. excuses, but he mm-hmm. actually digs deeper mm-hmm. to the point where in in John six sixty, uh, right? They say this teaching is hard. Who can accept it? And then many turn away and leave. Mm-hmm. And he turns mm-hmm. to his apostles and he says, "Will you also leave?" And at that point, it's it's potentially even just the twelve. Mm-hmm. And and they make this declaration of faith. They say, "Jesus." To whom else should we go? You have the words of everlasting life, mm-hmm. and I, I think personally that that's a that that's a a word of hope that I would offer to to us here and to our listeners of the show mm-hmm. that you you don't have to understand the Eucharist, you don't have to um, to get it, you don't have to like it to to invite Jesus, the Eucharist, the Blessed Sacrament, mm-hmm. to be the source and summit of your life, the one who will prune what is good so that it might bear more fruit. That day, the apostles didn't say, yeah, God, what the heck? Why are these people walking away? We get it. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. we understand this theology. Uh, no, they said, gosh, I don't get it, but I, but I believe in you. Mm-hmm. So uh, that'd be my prayer for us today. Let's, let's close in prayer. Brad, you want to, you want to, uh, yeah, I can start it. Pray us out, man. Yeah. Yeah. In the name of the father and the son and the Holy spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord, thank you so much for the gift of yourself in the Eucharist. Jesus, thank you for all the ways that you've broken into our lives through the Eucharist, both the ways that we know now and the ways that we don't yet know. We pray, Lord, that as you continue to convict our hearts towards the Eucharist, that you would bring unity into your body, into the church. And Lord, we pray for anyone listening today who, um, who has felt distant from you, who has felt distant from the body of Christ, that through the words of this show today, that you would unite them back and bring them back. 
Friends, thanks for listening to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. You can listen to the whole version of today's show by searching for Beyond Damascus on YouTube or your favorite podcast app.